Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Welcome to episode 81 of the PHP Town Hall. The Book of Psalm is our topic today. We're talking today with Matthew Brown out of Vimeo, and you probably know him because he wrote uh, a static analysis tool that breaks your heart every single day, every time you make a push. Matthew, how's it going? It's going great. I'm a heartbreaker. That's what they've always told me. It, you know, look, I mean, between you and Andre, everyone has to get their heart broken at some point with static yeah. analysis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ben, uh, how's it going? That's oh, good, man. The move is uh, complete. Still shit ton of stuff to unpack, but at least we're in here now. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. How you doing, man? So I'm alive. I dragged my dad on a 50-mile bike ride last weekend through Nashville. Did he recover? Yeah. He's alive. He broke a spoke on his bike, actually. So I feel kind of bad about that. But um, yeah, he's he's alive. He's doing good. And then I just signed up for a hundred mile one today. So we'll see. Nice. I don't know why you'd do that. I mean, I, I like taking a bike ride. You know, like a night like ten miles, but hundred miles is silly. I'm sorry, but it's silly. It's it's a perfectly fair question. Um, I'm not exactly sure why I'm doing it either. I, mean, I, I, I once went i once went for like a 40 mile walk overnight so maybe I, I i don't have much of a leg to stand on but um yeah yeah i, a, I, I would i did a 40 I mile would, bike ride one time and i haven't forgiven phil sturgeon since i remember that <laughs> <laughs> i remember seeing those tweets and just like damn that sucks so uh we wanted to bring matthew on because hey we've talked to, to a lot of laravel people over the past like eight episodes and taylor has still not paid us for any of that free sponsorship. So we wanted to give um, some cooler people in the community some time to talk about their projects. And so Psalm is one of the two biggest static analysis tools in PHP. There is another one fan, but I, I, that one's kind of a little bit smaller of a project. So kind of what inspires you to create Psalm um, and kind of like how long has that been around so far? Um, so it's been around i i the first incarnation which was a like 200 line uh php script i started in mid 2015 so uh six years ago um uh and so it's it's i've, I've been working on php stack analysis since then um and uh i basically uh, I, i've told the story before but it's it's very straightforward i broke a thing and I don't like breaking things. I tend to break things a lot. Um, but like part of my kind of personal quid pro quo, and also it's just something expected, you know, at, at Vimeo and I think a lot of other companies, if you break something, like the aim is to only break a th like a thing in a particular way one time, right? That, that, that after that, you figure out ways to stop that thing breaking in that particular way. Um, and so, uh, 
there weren't any tools available uh, at the time, at least that I was aware of. I was also like unplugged from the PHP community. I didn't really know it existed. So I thought I'll figure out a way to analyze PHP code so this doesn't happen again. And uh, I you know, kept making mistakes and kept finding out, figuring out how to prevent those mistakes using static analysis. And then other people said, hey, can this prevent this mistake as well? And so we just kind of snowballed. Um, uh, and the, the range of what is considered a mistake and, and an issue has expanded. Um, so uh, first, it was just finding like misspelled classes, right? Class names that are incorrect. And those are things that are just definitely going to blow up um, your project. And then it became uh, more kind of... Uh, Theoretical is like this could break a thing if you passed in this incorrect data and you didn't. And, and so um, it's expanded. And, and now some can um, help the most kind of particular software developers, those who, um, for example, uh, don't want um, to write any code that could mutate state somewhere else. So if you have a, um, a method. Um, that uh, you don't want to write to a database, for example, and you don't want any of the things it calls to write to a database, you can encode that um, in in the type system, basically. You can, and, and uh, PHP Stand has, has also recently adopted some of those same ideas. Um, so so the, the idea of, um, and, and that's about function, uh, like, like functional programming. I mean, it, it kind of takes ideas from functional programming and um, uh, enforces functional purity which uh, I don't really have time to go into now, but uh, people who are interested can, can look it up. And I wrote an article about this about a year ago, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, about how, how I, I kind of got it working in Psalm. Um, and um, so, so it kind of, again, um, over time, I've, I've broadened the scope of the things that Psalm can, can find and, and in many cases fix. Cool. And so you basically, you start out liberal by default and you like, we'll constrain more, or do you start constrained and like, we'll go more open? Yeah. And so some also has a, uh, a way of running where you can run it, um, with a kind of a low, uh, a low error threshold. Um, so you, uh, it has a level thing. And so if you start with a high, high level, um, it will only detect those, those things like, you know, misspelled classes that will definitely crash your app. And then as you, as you lower the level, um, it gets more and more strict, and and at level one, it's it's the most strict. It's um, uh, it's basically looking for any place where it can't infer a type, um, and if it can't infer a type, it will warn you that it, that it can't, and uh, you'll you'll be forced to fix some code. Cool. So when you were, because um, you said you started as it started as kind of like a two hundred line script for you to kind of monitor your own. Um, mistakes and stuff like that did you when you started writing this like were you familiar with static analysis beforehand or were you kind of googling static analysis and understanding the concepts behind that as you were expanding the script from 200 lines to um what so, it's turned into like today i'm there are kind of a few lectures at university so i, I studied computer science at university and we had a, a couple of lectures on you know, kind of type theory um, well, more than a, more than a few lectures, we had some number of lectures on 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 uh, kind of type theory and encoding some kind of very basic problems and proving problems formally. Um, kind of like you know, it, uh, just just like the most kind of obvious tautological things. Uh, um, 
and so I had some idea and, and there was like an optimizing compilers course, um, that, um, touched on some of the same, same ideas. Um, uh, but that was like, as, as I'm sure anyone who's, you know, had a kind of fancy computer science education tells you that when you actually get into the world of writing code at a, at a big company, you're normally just, you're, you're doing stuff that you could have learned yourself. Like you, um, you're, you're not actually normally doing anything particularly uh, complicated. Um, uh, but I've also, I've always had this kind of like this kind of slight desire to, to, to do, to do something smart, to do something that, that like the you know, expensive education justified. Um, so, uh, I, I was, th there weren't too, honestly, there aren't too many things I had to Google cause it's kind of, it is, it kind of makes sense just, uh, on its own. Also, uh, I was around the same time I was exploring, uh, the use of TypeScript, um, and flow in JavaScript code bases. So I was, I was in oftentimes trying to mirror the things that it could pick up as well. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't really require much Googling. Um, it was basically getting the, the, the key things that helps accelerate some was like getting it set up with, uh, Nikita Popoff's PHP parser, which is, was excellent. And that just like made it suddenly much, much, much better. Previously, I was I was using the token uh, generation features of, PH of built-in PHP, but that, that just didn't cut it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just it was kind of it, uh, most stack analysis stuff of like the kind of the basic stuff is fairly intuitive, um, and the stuff that and and but moreover. There wasn't much, there is so much PHP specific stuff that some and similar tools do, um, that like there wasn't much stuff you could Google like there. And I, I tried to, I tried in, in, uh, in the intervening years to write some stuff to help other people who are kind of maybe treading this or, or similar paths. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like there's lots of academic literature on analyzed static analysis of PHP code. Um, so what was the hardest feature you've added? Uh, so I, there, there were kind of two answers to that question. One is like the most um, uh, interesting kind of com computationally. And the other is like the most, the one that involved the most pulling of hair out. Um, and and the, the most pulling of hair out is definitely um, cache validation. Like it's always like we always we love cache validation. So um, understanding uh, when a file changes, what all the other files that could have affected that could, that could be affected in in that file change. Um, that's just something that it's. Uh, I, I think it it it's correct now, but it's something that's it's there are lots and lots of edge cases. Um, the way that traits and and file includes work and and all sorts of other things that make that a, a, a more complicated uh, problem than maybe other languages have. Um, the most uh, interesting kind of computationally, and it kind of maybe like hardest to explain uh, uh, in, in, in one go, but I, I've tried, is um, the way in which Psalm um, understands uh, how different uh, conditional statements uh, uh, relate to each other in a way that uh, allows you to do some kind of basic algebra stuff that allows some to do some basic um, type algebra um, that can then uh, inform its understanding of types. And that's something that um, 
tools like TypeScript and PHPStan and um, uh, MyPy. Like there are a bunch of other stack analysis tool, tools don't do it. Um, and I thought I was kind of like, I thought there was something kind of obviously wrong about it that I was missing. Uh, but then it turned out after I kind of submitted it to a, to a subreddit of people who care about this sort of stuff, that there is one other um, language that does it in a, in a kind of like one other somewhat well-known in academia language that does it. Um, and, and so, yeah, it is, it's a, it's a valid thing and, and it will, it slightly improves some stuff analysis and it takes a kind of 5% performance penalty to do it, but it's worth it. So which, cause you said you kind of started writing this like on your own, did this, did Psalm emerge before PHP SAM was a thing or was PHP SAM kind of a thing and you just kind of didn't know it was there? Yeah, that. So, um, basically, uh, so hack had existed, right? And so, um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, uh, Facebook were big users of PHP, but Facebook's demands, um, like, you know, most PHP developers are like over here. Let's get right. Most PHP developers are down here, like with their like this, you know, small personal websites, and, you know, maybe some like large, large scale businesses, you know, there are some Etsy, some Vimeos, and then there's like Facebook up here, which has just like, you know, now like many billions of users. I think like half the world's population is on, is on Facebook slash Instagram and, um, and, uh, and WhatsApp and, and so they basically they need they they required more things than PHP could offer. Um, so they built and, and they had a lot of money um, that the rest of the PHP community doesn't have. So they built those things and and they kind of made them specific to a lot of the time. They were they answered the needs that Facebook had, but they didn't answer the needs that the regular PHP community had. Um, uh, which like regular the regular PHP community really cares about interoperability like will this thing work on you know like various versions of linux will it work on my mac like will it will it, will it work everywhere facebook really only cared about will it work on our servers um and so like it, and, and there are a bunch of other things that kind of sprung from there um so but hack had come out and i think that had come out 2013 or 2014 and they've been kind of working towards it for a while so they've been kind of getting away from like what most people would consider to be php for a while um and and they came out with hack um and there were uh, at that point and i wasn't really involved in the php, php community but I, I know that there are a bunch of conferences where you know there'll be people talking about you know, how to do x y x in hack that you know people and they were they were kind of evangelizing hack to php developers and most PHP, php developers didn't jump ship they stayed in php but a number of companies that were still that were kind of like the larger companies um etsy being being one of them um who, who which employed rasmus lerdorf the creator of php thought okay how can we do some of that stuff um in in php and and um there were developers who were working on making php faster which was one of the chief things that hack did that php didn't so there were a bunch of uh, internals developers making PHP 7 just much faster than PHP 5, which is great. But um, some of the tooling that Hack provided, most importantly, um, some uh, the type checking tooling, static analysis tooling that, that um, Hack provided, um, there weren't any good answers for in the PHP community. Um, so Hack, uh, so so Fan was was um, was Rasmus's kind of early answer to it. Uh, as I said, I wasn't 
involved in the PHP, PHP community. I certainly didn't follow Erasmus on, on Twitter, where he was starting to talk about these things. Um, and so in 2015, I, I kind of went and started on my own thing. And, and, and from the sounds of it, I think it was around the same time that Andre started on his, on what then became PHP Stan. Um, so yeah, the, all these kind of things emerged about a year and a half later, you know, after been working on them for a while and we felt kind of comfortable about making them public. Uh, and then everyone was like, oh, well, so and PHP Stan came out, I think about at least six months. So there was a kind of a big announcement about six months before and Andre had already had a relationship with the PHP community. He had gone to conferences, like he had worked on the Slevermat post coding standards, which a lot of people use, which Sam uses. Um, so he had some kind of kudos. So like when he said, like, I've come out with this thing, people were like, great, let, let, let's try it. Uh, and it took a bit more convincing for me to, um, well, it, it, it took some convincing for me, uh, from me to get people to start using static analysis as a tool, because at the time that we were, Andre and I were kind of like coming out with our own things, the majority, majority position of PHP developers was still like, why do we need static analysis? Um, and that was that was the bigger fight. It wasn't like PHP Stan versus Sam. It was PHP and Sam, PHP Stan and Sam versus everyone who thought stack analysis was a waste of time. So, like when you're when it was like you you and PHP Stan against the world, basically, like was there ever any talk of kind of combining y'all's work together to kind of form one big static analysis project to kind of you know kind of put your brain power, brain trust together, yeah, yeah or so, uh, I would not actually, it's, it's fair to say, like, Andre reached out to me, um, about, um, uh, probably about four years ago now and said, you know, can, what if we combined efforts? And I, in retrospect, well, I, it, it, I still, I, I still think it was the right decision, but I, like, I kind of slightly immaturely emailed him back and said, no, I think Sam is better. Uh, so, so, um, basically, Sam. Basically, Sam was, in my my view, uh, uh, better. But um, uh, and PHP Stan had these kind of had had a bunch of issues that um, I felt uh, made me feel like I was I was doing you know something better. But PHP Stan um, was about ten times more popular than than Sam, just by download count. So I had, it's fair to say I was kind of like, I was in peak evangelizing mode and I was like, I was trying to say, Hey, everyone, like this thing, I, I produced this thing, which, which you know, has fewer false positives and, and like does X, Y, and Z. But, um, Andre was saying, I've produced a thing which lots of people are using and lots of people are excited about and also has a pretty good API so that if you have a project with like some kind of pretty custom behavior, you can using the PHP Stands API, you can add these custom rules that will help you, um, uh, that will kind of help detect and help PHP Stand understand that project. Uh, so it was like two kind of quite different philosophies. I was building a tool that I thought was like a kind of more like TypeScript. So with TypeScript, um, you don't really have the opportunity to, to like, uh, you can't really develop. There isn't really a burgeoning TypeScript plugin market. Um, you, you just have, you run TypeScript on the thing and it, it's either good or bad. And I was wanting to make SARM into a tool like that. So the idea is you run SARM on your project and it says yes or no. Like, you know, did, does your have, does your thing have errors? Um, and it was only, I think 
quite a bit later that I saw the I understood the beauty of what Andre had done, but with with expanding an API, um, with, with with creating an API that made it really quite easy for people to do um, to integrate uh, PHP stand into their into their setup. And um, not me, but another contributor um, called uh, he, uh, online is Bruce Weirdan, um, uh created a, a, a really very decent plugin API for SARM um, that like made things much easier. And like pre- like all subsequent um, API implementations have piggybacked on that. So, did your email to him actually say no SARM is better, or was it more political? It was, no, it was it was it was more polite. I mean, I uh, if I mean I don't know how how off the rails do you want this to get, but um, let, let's let's have a look at that email. Um, and if it is terrible, I'll yeah. So, um, what if it, you should just like frame it on your wall or something? Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's yeah. I, I hadn't actually thought of it until until you just asked. So it was two and a half years ago. It was late December, um, and. Um, so um uh so i said like uh when i say i think some is better than php stan mostly comes from a place of pride and arrogance not empirical understanding and so i list the places i think some uh uh php stan is is is, was better um which is basically it has a cool loading bar um and then i kind of really listed the 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 things that i thought uh some did better which now um, I think like Sam, like PHP Stan has basically kind of eradicated those things. Um, and um, uh, wait, does it not have the loading bar anymore? No, no, no. Sorry, just to say that the um, Sam got the loading bar, but PHP Stan uh, uh, also fixed all like points. Well, one through four. Point five was Sam <laughs> works in PHP five point six, which no longer is true. Um, but was also a necessity because uh, Vimeo at the time was running PHP 5 on most of its uh, boxes. So, um, uh, so anyway, there, there was this kind of like, you know, and I said, good luck. And, I love uh, that. Like, here's the things that are good about your thing. The loading bar is kind of cool. Yeah, here's yeah. the things that are better about my thing. Everything. <laughs> so, so, you know, it was, it was, you know, right. It was kind of rude. And, uh, but, you know, he, I think he took it like, um, he did ask, like, are there areas you think PHP stands better than SARM? And I mean, so I was responding to to like questions he asked, um, uh, and um, and he says, like, I love to work on PHP stand full time, and my goal for the next year is to launch a paid SaaS. Um, so, like, yeah, I think he was like a year year out, but basically, you know, he's done that, and and I think like um, having someone who earns money from their tooling is an incredibly good thing for the php community because php php community has um a lot of people who are it's maybe their first or second programming language like it's uh, they're they're kind of fairly they're many of them are beginners and and they can do with a lot of guidance and Tools like SARM and PHP Stand can can help provide some of that guidance, like in the same way that PHP Storm can. Um, and um, there aren't a, a massive amount of like expert PHP users who can, for example, build static analysis tools. So um, I think that means there's a very good market for uh, people like Andre to create and market 
tools. And I encourage you on anyone using this, uh, watching this, who uses PHP Stan, um, like either donate to Andre or uh, or like sign up for PHP Stan Pro because um, I yeah I, I never want to feel like I'm I mean I I think I still think Sam is better, um, but I I also see great value um, and and I think many people derive great value from PHP Stan um, for ninety percent I think of users. Um, Realistically, they're not going to see any difference between Psalm and PHP Stan, just because like their code base is probably at a stage where like they're still kind of maybe there's still quite a lot of work to do. So like, um, uh, so yeah, I, I if you use PHP Stan and you and you and I mean, back to your point at the beginning of this, not a few people really enjoy using static analysis tools, but um, if you, you know, if you think that it's saving you t money. Um, then absolutely, like figure out what it's worth to you, and maybe give a bit of that bit of that back if you can. Yeah. So I was going to share it first before we started recording. Yeah. I, I actually do enjoy using static analysis <laughs> They they make my life just a little easier, right? Right. It's always better to find something before it deploys than after. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like the, it it gives you confidence to like leave your computer on the weekend if you're working on any kind of critical type system. Um, or like a always up API type thing. Like you can, I know. Like so, at um, my old job, we use Psalm and Stand together, and because of that, we were still deploying on like Black Friday as an e-commerce shop because we had full confidence in our code because of like what you two have created. So I mean, if you have, if you don't use it, it's you're you're kind of missing out. I think a lot of like great features and things like that. And so like, I want to circle back up in a minute about Andre, because you and him worked together on a, um, on a return type uh, to the to core of PHP. But I think one question I think a lot of people would probably be curious about is, so Psalm is under the Vimeo namespace. How, like, yeah. how does that work in terms of your day job versus an open source project? Are you allocated a few hours a week or is, or is Psalm kind of your, your full-time job at this point? It's not my full-time job. Um, uh, it's something I work on. Like it's always been this kind of like extra, um, kind of slightly extracurricular thing. So I started when I think for the first two or three years of Psalm, uh, my working on Psalm, um, certainly for the first couple of years, um, about two thirds of the work I did on it was outside company time. And the time I was doing the, the time I was using at the company was kind of, I felt guilty and it was kind of grudging. Now it's a bit more like in my, uh, in my job description that, that I'm kind of, I'm helping work on developer tools and helping developers of Vimeo be more productive. And obviously at Vimeo, like when people, uh, we have lots of people writing PHP and when they have issues, with some, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a person they can come to and I can help explain some of the things and, and I can, I've, I've helped like over, over the, over time improve our code base with some. So they, there's a value that, that people see there. Um, uh, I do now have the, you know, the GitHub slash some, uh, uh, github.com slash some, uh, namespace. Like at some point we, I, I might move some there, but I think when you kind of compose or install it, You'll still be composing, installing Vimeo Psalm because uh, I, I don't think there's any good reason to give it up. I mean, Vimeo has the the one big thing that Vimeo provides Psalm uh, is not 
I'm one, like I'm employed by Vimeo and, and uh, I get to see the effects of Psalm every day. Um, but the other thing is it's just a big code base to test against. So having access to the, you know, a million lines of PHP means that every time, like before every release, I can run, I run Psalm against the code base to make sure there are no regressions. Um, and that's tremendously important. Like that, that helps the quality of Psalm stay. I mean, the, the, Psalm has, I think over, like, I think one and a half, I can't remember the exact number, but I think what, uh, maybe one and a half thousand tests, something of that, you know, and they're essentially end-to-end -end tests, most of them. Um, so like Psalm is well-tested and it also tests against a battery of um, about four or five different projects um, that are kind of selected because they do weird and cool things. Um, but having that million line code base to, you know, um, weird PHP stuff uh, is, is really good. Um, so yeah, like Vimeo has in, in employing me, um, and the fact that I spend time at, you know, at, during office hours, fixing some, the occasional Psalm bug, um, uh, has contributed to the project. Um, and yeah, I, I don't see, don't really see any, any value in changing in kind of moving it away from Vimeo. Um, Unless Vimeo want to completely wash their hands of it, which you know could happen, anything can happen. Um, but I, I don't see, uh, I don't see it happening. I mean, with Fan, and I'm slightly, I'm, I guess I'm slightly superstitious. Uh, fan moved from Etsy slash Fan to just Fan Fan, um, and basically since then, like its uh, growth kind of flatlined. But there were also other issues like. PHP Stan came along and, and, and then Psalm after it. Um, and um, uh, PHP Stan and Psalm both used, uh, they, they, neither of them required a PHP extension to be installed. And that was like the kind of the big uh, uh, athlete's foot, no, not athlete's foot, uh, sorry, um, uh, uh, the big uh, ankle, the, um, uh, the Achilles heel. Achilles, thank you. God, I'm like, I, my oh Greek yeah, references are slightly lacking. Um, athletes, but yeah, um, the Achilles heel of uh, fan, which is now overcome. Like, fan, you can run fan um, without using the extension, but um, that I think hobbled fan right out the gate um, and uh, prevented it being uh, used in more places. There's probably a certain amount of like credentialing you get just by having a large company name behind it, right? So people feel safe using something. Well, yeah, and, and also there's a, a value that Vimeo gets from being associated with a, with a popular open source project. I mean, it's it's not like you know it's not TypeScript, but it's uh, it's still it's certainly the, the, the biggest open source project that I've created. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, as a as a big tech tech company, not I mean, you know, again. <laughs> I can't talk financials, but like as as a as a as a you know large large How big tech exactly, company, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as a large tech company, there are certainly tech companies that don't put much out in the, in the world when it comes to open source, um, and everyone has good reasons for doing that. You know, open source can take a lot of time, um, but uh, I mean, here it was this was just kind of an obvious opportunity. So when I discovered that Fan existed. Um, and especially that fan have been created by the creator of PHP, which you know just lends it some pedigree. Uh, I asked my then manager, and I was like, "Should I stop working on on?" I was kind of dejected, and I was like, "Should I stop working on some?" Like, and he said, "No, you know, there's there's some value in having something that's like done in house." Um, and and so I kept working on it, and and 
kind of ironically banners just kind of sputtered where Sama's continued to grow. So what's, I mean, as someone managing an, a large open source project that I would imagine you had no idea would ever grow to this kind of size, what, what has so far been one of the hardest things for you to, I guess, learn on the job in terms of open source management? Yeah, it's definitely a whole bunch of different skills. So there's, you know, there's, like writing code is, is, is the easiest part of it. But it's, um, uh, when, when you have one person, when, when, when you have one person assigning you tasks, right? In a traditional company, you've, you've got like a project manager or you, maybe your boss is like, you know, assigning, assigning tasks from Injira or GitHub, whatever. Um, that person is, is conscious of your, uh, you know what's on your plate and they're conscious you know they're conscious of your time they're conscious you know to not inundate you they're not they're not going to assign you like 50 you know if they're assigning you one task uh or one or two tasks a week they're not going to suddenly assign you 50 tasks in in a single single day because they know that that might kind of you know inundate you but with open source stuff um especially as it gets more popular that can happen just randomly uh, so you're, you know, you can be going along trying to kind of close, close issue, close issue. And for a while, I was like really proud that I, uh, I, I only had kind of 50 open it. Like at one point I remember thinking like, I've like a thousand closed issues, only 50 open issues. Like, well, Hey, like I'm really killing open source, open source development. And the truth was, it's like not that many people were using the software. Um, and now I think there's something like 600 plus and, and that, that is the is the hardest thing of um, uh, of seeing that kind of issue count kind of trend up and up and up and up, and knowing that um, they're basically you won't be able to stop it. Like, it's it's a kind of foregone conclusion now that it's basically always going to go up, and you can close bugs, but more people are going to open issues. Um, the and and that's also okay. So th- th- there are a few things to that. Part of that is it's a self inflicted wound. Um, with SARM, I have added so much functionality, partly in a, uh, in a bid to, uh, kind of outshine PHP Stan. Um, uh, but partly also because like, you know, I, I wanted a particular thing, like I, for, for my work at Vimeo. So I just added it to SARM. Um, uh, the, basically there are like SARM's code base. It's the biggest, it's, I think the biggest PHP code base. Probably in a, uh, maybe aside uh, aside from WordPress, it's it's one it's a very 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 big PHP code base. Um, I uh, so it's yeah it's about thirty percent bigger than PHP stands code base, um, just like the SSC directory, and it's not like Psalm uh, is like really inefficiently written. Like it's uh, um, it's you know I, I'm. Like the code is kind of doing all the basic same things that PHP Stand is doing. It's just doing about you know a bunch more. So it does uh, unused method and unused variable detection. It does um, security scanning, um, so it can find security vulnerabilities in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, it has like well, I mean, and there are a few other things, um, and um, and that means that there is just like way more potential. I mean, it's. I'm I'm one person who's developed most of these features, and there aren't a ton of other people. So it's I'm, I've kind of created a lot of extra work for myself, um, and but realizing that and being at peace with that um, is is very important. And I think that's the kind of 
yeah, that has made me a slightly happier person. That like I've created this work for myself, but people also see great value in it, and and that no one is. I mean, in in on the whole, no one is kind of like creating an issue and demanding it be fixed. Like, um, occasionally you'll get someone who creates an issue and and will kind of like say like you know bump or like why isn't this fixed? And <laughs> you have to kind of be like, this is an open source project. Like this is a um, yeah, you're you're welcome to fix it. Yeah, I mean, we I noticed that with Fractal too. Ever since I like got access to that, and it's 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 hard to keep that count down. And also, I mean, I'm not sponsored by my company or anything to work on that. So even finding time to work on that project is hard to say the least. Um, no, I mean that's that makes a lot of sense. That's cool that like Vimeo gives you the time, and also like having that huge massive code base behind you gives you, like you said, like probably one of the best regression tests you could possibly ask for. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when it, releasing. It's very good. Yeah. So, to like, like I said, um, so you just got no return added into the core. Um, yeah. A lot of people... So I, I kind of want to like pull the um, curtain back on the core for a minute and kind of like how... What all... What is the process you had to go through to get all that accepted? Um... I mean, it, it, the RFC process is pretty straightforward. You um, uh, first, you kind of figure out whether a thing. Well, first, I, I just had to personally figure out whether whether I could get no return, like or like technically never, whether I could get a never return type to work, and whether it would be useful um, to have. So I kind of had to ask myself the question: like, is this a, is this a feature that I think belongs in PHP core, um, and then can I like knowing very little C? Can I actually imp like implement this feature uh, without breaking PHP? Um, and and I reached out, I think, to Ilya. I think is, is how you pronounce his name, um, who who had merged a couple of RFCs in, in in the last, who had a, a few RFC approved RFCs approved recently, um, most particularly the the match RFC, um, uh, which is great. And I think and he worked on the enum RFC as well. Um, he, 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 I think he wrote it. Um, uh, you know, he didn't write the RFC. He wrote the he wrote the code. I mean, he did the implementation, and he he kind of felt like it was a good idea. So yeah, I basically um, got to writing some C, and I wrote that uh, first draft of the RFC, and I and I thought like Andre, um, uh, if if it's seen as a collaboration, I know Andre like cares about obviously cares deeply about about types. And and I thought like it's going to have much more chance of passing um, if Andre is on board, and so I had him review the RFC, and he had some suggestions, including um, like changing no return, which is my my proposition uh, to never. Um, uh, so we ended up like holding a vote on that, and never passed. Um, and um, and I think kind of you know both of us behind it, um, uh, it overcame some kind of slight opposition. Um, and and pass the vote and so yeah it was it was a it's a very small implementation it's like uh less than 100 lines of um like self-generated php besides self-generated code and like some some tests yeah it's it's it was straightforward do you have any other rfcs you plan to work on or anything you wish someone would do so um andre is i, I he he wants that uh, he wants a follow-up rfc to be class name um so uh so string php strings um 
are there was a class name class constant that um was added in php 5.6 i think um but there are there are often occasions where uh php strings will be passed as class names to functions or methods um and that will resemble that that will represent the name of a class that would then be like instantiated with mu or something so something dynamically instantiated um so in introducing a class name type um which like the never type is probably not something that many people will use a lot but is something that um uh that framework developers would presumably want to use quite a lot um because a lot of different frameworks will you know will take a class name um and it's something that is already and, and it also matches um the the path that never took which is that it's already supported in our tools so um sam and php stan um, and fan for that matter support a class dash string type which you can annotate in doc blocks and anytime you're passing class dash string to a, to a functional method uh the tools like verify that that thing that you're passing is a class is a valid class name um and so the, the idea would be for P, for php to do that check as well so any any class name type um would uh be would have a would have a check so in the same way that callables right now if you if you specify that something's callable in a in a method um it, it does an extra check to make sure it's callable uh we would kind of have the same basic idea so we would do a check to make sure that it was um it was a, a valid class string that's cool like it. So would it support both the class names as string and class names as constant or just one or the other? Yeah, because it, it would be like, it would be equivalent to, and this is, and I, I said the deal is like, you know, I'll, I'll go in with you on this. I'll see if, if you do the first C implementation, because I think it's important to as many people, as many people to get their hands dirty with this, with like an actual C code base as possible. Um, uh, so yeah, basically, um, the implementation would, um treat uh class name dollar foo um as string dollar foo followed by in, in the first in the first line of that function would be like if not class exists dollar foo then like throw you know type error um so it like that's it, you know you could kind of you could boil that code down to, to that to those kind of operands um uh and so it shouldn't be a, a too complex an implementation, um, uh, and then it would allow us down the line to maybe add like parameterized uh, class names. So like you could then say class name, uh, but it's a class name angle bracket um, exception, and then you could only it would that would only accept class names that were um, that was ex either exceptional subclasses of the exception class. Um, and that's something again that's supported today in our tools in dot blocks, but that doesn't exist in um, uh, in actual PHP. That's cool. I really like that you are working together to kind of take these things that you both already support and move them into a central location, which is the language. It's pretty cool. To see. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, there is precedent in Hack. So Hack has done a bunch of these things already, and and that and kind of saying, look, so Hack was obviously created at Facebook and mainly for Facebook, although Slack use it as well. Um, uh, so they've proved that a bunch of these ideas can work at scale, right? That like, well, first of all, they proved that a stack analysis checker 
can find can see find bugs in PHP, um, and that can work at scale. And so then in PHP land, we we had things like PHP Stan and and Sam and Fan come and like kind of show that, and they showed that like you know property types and and uh, they had a bunch of things before PHP did, um, and they also had a uh, no return type, um, and like you know they they proved the value of that. And, and in fact, in some of the discussions that we were having, like on Twitter, um, one of like, well, kind of one of the hacks, I think chief maintainer, I guess you could call him Fred, um, uh, uh, chimed in to talk about how useful the no return type was in, in hack. Um, so again, um, hack has a class name, uh, a type already that it's kind of shown the value of that. And so we're hoping just kind of piggyback on, on that basic idea. I mean, it seems like a lot of the like functionality for the last couple of releases of PHP has really just been hack features that have been um, ported over to PHP, which seems pretty cool. That, like you said, uh, Facebook proved that it can work at scale, and so now, yeah, I mean, like there, you have absolutely. I mean, there well, there, there, there are some, but there are also uh, credit where it's due. There are some features that don't exist in hack yet. So, like the yeah. match, uh, match. Uh, Expressions, for example, um, and I think there there are some things that like Hack is looking at uh, and thinking, oh yeah, we should maybe add that too. Um, they've now the two languages have kind of di- diverged. So uh, at one point there was interoperability between Hack and PHP that like any P- like all that, that the Hack engine could run PHP code. That's no no longer the case. It's it's its own complete ecosystem now. Um, can they still use Composer? Maybe. But I, I, I don't think for long. I can't think. So what's uh, like what what's on the roadmap for Psalm? Like let's say the next year or so. Like besides keeping up with eight dot one, eight dot two, eight dot three, and potentially eight dot four whenever that comes out. Like what else are you really looking to um, kind of build on with um, Psalm? So. Um... I was I was having this discussion with Andre the other day. Uh, I I don't see Psalm like it's Psalm does a lot. So as I was saying, it was like thirty percent larger than than PHP Stan at least thirty percent um, code base wise, and um, keeping up with PHP eight point one is like as you mentioned that that you know will take a bit of work. You know, like I have the, I have a basic stab at the enum um, implementation that's that's kind of released. So people can play with that, but there isn't really too much more on the on the roadmap. And Andre says he has lots of ideas for PHP Stan. Um, um, uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of at the point where with with Sam, I'm thinking um, it's mainly just like bug fixes and like maybe performance improvements. There there aren't kind of the big like this, the security analysis was really like the the last big step in in a kind of into unknown territory. Um, and that's still there's still plenty of work there to do to make it kind of more accurate. Um, um, but there are no kind of big banner features like that that I think are going to come out in the next six months at least. I, I can't, I, I can't see them. There, there are no ideas that I have. And again, this is it's so tied into my work at Vimeo. It's like at Vimeo, um, what issues are we seeing? Am I seeing PHP developers dealing with? What things don't make sense? Um, and how can is there a way that static analysis can help? And oftentimes it's you know it's no, it's like better processes, better whatever. But um, 
I can't, I, I, I don't see obvious things that um, like a type checking static access tool can do. The, the one thing I'll say, like one thing that might be interesting is um, incorporating some kind of metric stuff, but there are tools that already do that. So it, there isn't anything that I think Psalm would, so like having kind of co-quality metrics that would trigger a, a breaking build or something. But again, I kind of feel like that maybe is like doing too much um, uh, because there are other tools that probably do that and, and may, maybe do it better. So the answer to your question, like, you know, and I guess this is it's like no news is, is, is news. Like I, I don't foresee any, any big functionality coming down the pipe. Cool. No, I mean, like, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like Psalm does one thing and it doesn't really well. You don't really need to add more and more and more on top of it just to add functionality. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, so cool. I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Like we really appreciate your time. Um, if people want to chat with you or anything like that, where can they find you online at? I mean, there's Twitter. And so like Twitter has an official, uh, Psalm has an official Twitter thing, like Psalm PHP. And that's where I recommend people go. Cause if they follow my like regular Twitter thing, they're just going to see a whole bunch of tweets about American politics that, that maybe they don't, <laughs> maybe aren't to their liking. So, um, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, Psalm PHP. Um, that's where, where you can interact with Psalm as the, as the kind of main kind of thing. And like one last question, you kind of hit on it a little bit, but like, so obviously coronavirus kind of shut down the whole conference scene for a little while. Like, do you have plans to hit up conferences once this is all done? Do you have plans to kind of do like a solemn roadshow? Like, I, I, not, yeah, right. I mean, that, that's, you know, all of the, uh, like biblical, like all of kind of theological um, things uh, are there with Psalm. Not massively. I, I think the one thing I haven't really talked about in, a, um, in that kind of setting, in the conference setting, is the security analysis, um, which I, the more I look at, um, we've been reviewing tools at Vimeo for um, uh, Ruby static analysis, um, like security analysis. And the more I look at, at the landscape, I kind of realized that Psalm's security analysis is kind of, well, it's unique in its, in, in its the, uh, kind of open source static analysis tool uh, that covers security issues. Um, and a lot of, uh, a number of security, de security developers um, at kind of some big companies have have helped out and made that the, the security analysis better um, because they see the value of like an open source tool that, that does what it does. Um, so I I might want to talk about like examples of how that's helped at Vimeo's codebase um, and and on other open source projects because I think that's a kind of a fun story. But I mean honestly, I'm. Um, I mean, I, I love travel, and I and I talked at one conference in Munich, um, uh, international PHP conference, I think, um, which was a lot of fun, and I got to meet Andre, and I got to meet uh, Sebastian Bergman from PHP Unit Fame, um, I, and I, I really enjoyed that. But I also kind of felt um, uh, I could kind of I could reach more people with um, just like tweeting. Um, and and you don't kind of have a captive audience when you're t when you're tweeting, so like the I think the attention spans are much lower. But um, I like I like the fact that a lot of people like I can put an article up on the Sun website and lots and lots and lots of people can read it. Um, uh, and more than than ever, because like like I don't I'm not confident in my ability to put together a 
half hour conference talk that you would want to watch sit down i mean i'm tr- I've, I've been talking here for now an hour i'm monopolizing a, like a lot of the conversation and i'm not sure that like you know i have not bored a lot of people so um i doubt that uh, whereas, like, uh, I, I can write an article and I can kind of winnow it down, like, kind of make, make it tighter and tighter to the point that it like hits all the things that like it, it can hit, and it kind of it's it's much more accessible. It's in its kind of hopefully easier to archive. Like, there's all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, well, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to shut the door on it because I do enjoy traveling and I do enjoy um, meeting other people in the PHP PHP system and. I mean, and I, I've, I've been kind of doing lots of random travel recently because you know, everyone's been indoors for the past year. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, like people invite me to conferences to talk. So if I can do it, like literally anyone can do it. What? No, no, no. I've, yes. I've, I've watched conference. I've watched your conference talks is talks. You're, you're a very likable person and you're very good at explaining things in ways like, like you have your, um, you also you're not saying like um every other word which is something i I clearly struggle with so um i i i think it's unfair like i i mean i i don't want to blow smoke up your ass but like um i i think there's a there's a um you you, there's a lot you have a lot going for you oh thanks you're a great personality matt i'm gonna talk to my therapist about that on uh Whatever day I see him next. No, uh, but on a serious note, thank you so much, Matt, for coming to talk with us. Um, it was absolutely great to chat, and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon, either with another RFC that you have planned or just uh, sometime in the future. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah, take care. Thanks. Bye, Ben. Bye, Matt. <laughs> Bye.